So I'm in the most wonderful room at the moment for me because it's soundproofed. Technology is perfect, it's all working. I don't have to worry about anything. We are in a recording studio in London. So this is the first time we're doing a recording of, of our podcast in a professional environment and it's, it's quite exciting. Um, so it's not actually because of our podcast that we are here because we are uh, starting the year by um, developing a product that we call Life Design, uh, which contains a number of sessions, recorded sessions, podcast sessions. Um, and that's what we're going to do this afternoon. But we thought we'd kick off by just talking to some <laughs> friends, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's being sort of, uh, sort of getting used to this, this way of working. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, it's sort of a little bit being a little bit easier before we get into the serious stuff. So, guys, you are basically listening to uh, a test <laughs> of using this professional recording studio. So, um, what are we talking about, Pierre? Um, we had a longer chat than normal about the what this morning when we said, okay, well, what's actually relevant and what, what do we have energy for? What, what feels right? Um, and... Um, Something, when I look back at everything that I've been trying to inspire others to or that I've been excited about, um, that I've been teaching, what comes back is learning. Um, so when you and I first started working together at PwC many years ago, um, I think we might have done a session together back then. But after that, I've used this session and many versions of it for uh, I don't know how many how many times, um, mm. and it's all about learning. Mm. It's about the theory of learning. Yeah, and uh, and when you said that, I I reminded you that now we are in January two thousand twenty, and we started this podcast exactly a year ago. The very first one we did was in January two thousand nineteen, and that was on learning enemies. So the first, the very first episode was about learning, and we thought it would be nice to pick up on that theme of learning and perhaps going a little bit broader in terms of learning. Learning enemies was a very specific topic and we're going to talk a little bit more about learning. And something that just came to me now actually, so one of my values over the years um, has been learning and I remember a leadership program I went to when I was still at PwC, so again a long, long time ago, and an exercise we did on values, and it became so clear to me while doing that exercise that I was not in the right place. Mm. It just came like a light from a blue mm. sky. Um, and the reason for it was because I wasn't learning. I was in a job where I wasn't learning, mm. and it became so clear that I needed to make a shift, and I did after that. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? when we talk about learning, what do we really mean by learning? So... When you talk about it that way, it's really about what you learn on the job. What's the, the you know the, the the development you go through as a professional, perhaps? Um, people might say learning is reading a book or studying. Or so, what do we actually mean by learning? It might be an interesting starting point. So, for me, it's it's the process of learning that excites me. So I suppose I could use it on any topic. It could be a language. It could be a skill. It could be something, you know, connected to history. Well, actually, that's a bad example because I'm not that excited about history. Yeah. <laughs> but it could be something that is less of relevance to the here and now, what I actually need. But when I did talk about it in terms of my job, 
I suppose I realized I wasn't in the process of learning uh, as part of my job, mm-hmm. which I missed. Mm-hmm. So exactly. I think it's something that is pretty helpful that we've used a lot in the past is to look at it from a knowledge, skills, attitude. So if you think about that as part of learning. Yeah, so there's three types of learning, you could say. One is knowledge, so anything that goes in your head, cognitive learning, you might call it. Content, basically. Content, yeah, stuff. And then there is skills. Skills, things that you can do. Uh, So, um, yeah, so it's much more um, um, being able to do something rather than knowing something. And then the third one is? Attitudes. So all about, um, I would say it's a connection to your to your values, the beliefs, the authenticity in what o- you're doing. Opinions. Wanting to do it. Yeah. The attitude you go into something yeah. with. Motivation. Yeah. 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 Motivation is probably even the best. Yeah. So to give you an example, coaching. So the knowledge of coaching is what is coaching, um, what are some of the principles of coaching? What is it and what is it not? The skills of coaching is, you know, being able to op- ask open questions and being able to really listen in a, in a specific way. And the attitude of coaching is, I want to use this type of leadership uh, approach in my work because it helps me and it's more fun and it helps people learn. Is it the belief that it's yeah. working, yeah. that there is a yeah. place for coaching? Yeah. And... Um, uh, so, so when we design training programs, obviously we have that at the back of our mind. Why are we using a certain method uh, when we work with adults in learning? Mm. Um, um, having said that, though, we just come out from a busy week. Well, you've had a busy week. I've been ob- the observer. You've been studying with your children. Mm. It's a big exam week. Huh? Mm. So when you talk about knowledge, skills and attitudes here, is that also relevant to, to teenagers? I think actually exam training... Uh, is yeah it's relevant to all three I think it's all three is relevant knowledge, skills and attitude so if you think about maths for example they both had a maths exam today you need to know your formulas right you need to memorize your formulas otherwise there's nothing to do you need to be able to use it in a in a worked example so you need to be able to apply a formula to something. And then the attitude of learning is extremely important. I can see that in the differences between my two children. One has got a very different motivation and different attitude to the whole process of learning. And for example, in maths, what is your attitude towards maths? Is it important to you? Do you feel motivated by such a theoretical subject? Or are you much more interested in practical topics that you can apply in day-to-day life? Um, yeah. Which brings us into to an interesting concept, and this is back to the session that we run and I run many times, um, and it's about learning styles mm. and the idea that we we are different when we learn. And you remember Honey and Mumford, the mm. four learning styles. And actually, that that is based on the learning cycle, right? That's so right. We should start there. So yeah, yeah. Because so we have now talked about one simple model, knowledge, skills, attitudes. Another model for learning that is essential to the whole process of learning is the learning cycle. So the process we go through when we're learning is essentially there. we go through an, um, through an activity or through an experience. Then the next step is that we reflect on that experience. The next step would be that we have uh, we come to some kind of insight based of that, on that reflection. 
And then the last step is to plan for the next experience. So what are we going to do differently? How are we going to approach the next way uh, time we're doing this project or whatever? So the cycle of learning, this is how we people and also organizations learn. The issue is that we obviously don't really take much time for reflection or really coming to insights. So we find ourselves being really immersed in action, immersed in activity, immersed in experience. And we don't really take the time to take a step back and say, is this the right way of doing it? So we tend to completely uh, be immersed in activity, therefore continue doing things the same way, although it might not be the best way. So learning is not as effective as it could be. I think there is a a perception that it's unnecessary time. The reflection is a time waster. I think that's a perception that's quite usually in an organization. Mm. So we miss on the organizational learning because we don't want to take the time out. So learning is not prioritized. Learning is not prioritized. And yeah. reflection is definitely not prioritized. So the doing, the constant running, yeah. and um, a feeling of productivity being deliverables... I don't think reflection is yeah. is seen to have a place there, yeah. and I think that's a that's a danger. It's a, that's why we need to rewire ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So coming back to your uh, point about the learning styles, so yeah. I, haven't, I haven't worked with that concept <laughs> for many many years, but you have, right? I have, I have, and now it's a while ago since I took. I think I talked to a coaching client about this, but so there are four. Well, Hannah and Mumford, who came up with this, two British. Um, I can't actually remember their background now, but they must have been researchers, management consultants, I'm pretty sure. Um, but this has been around for a long time. So they have these four styles. So this it's called theorist, pragmatist, activator, well, or is activist. it activist, activist actually, activist, not yeah. activator, activist, and reflector. So yeah. those are the four styles. So basically, very, very briefly, and then we can dive more into them if we like, the theorist is um, motivated by the theory behind the learning. So that's the the motivation is to understand and believe that it's there's integrity in the facts and in the uh, people who came up with whatever it is that you're learning about. So that becomes the credibility of the of the source becomes mm. really important, mm. and the consistency and the completeness of the theory becomes really important. If you compare that to a pragmatist. Pragmatist just dive straight to what's relevant now. What mm. is it that I'm trying to do? And therefore, what do I need to know? Mm. So if you have a book, the pragmatist will go to the chapter of the book that's relevant to now and perhaps skip the rest. Yeah. And if you take the act- activist, activist, that's what it is, right? Yeah. yeah. The activist uh, learns by doing. So dive straight into something by doing it. Mm. So an activist would be very motivated by, let's say, thinking out loud. So a brainstorming session would be the typical example of a learning activity that um, appeals to an activist. Yeah. Uh, being put on the spot, you know, go up and present this to others from yeah. whatever you know, do your best, the best you can. Yeah. And, and someone who would not like that is a reflector yeah. who would learn by observing, by internally process many types of differences, uh, uh, different uh, sources of information mm. and have the time to internally um, digest that mm. to then perhaps share. Yeah. So reflection, reflector, obviously, yeah. reflect is an important part for reflectors. You can see how reflectors might find it difficult in the corporate environment. Mm. So the um, 
the learning styles actually map to the learning cycle, right? So reflector is reflection, then the theorist is sort of insights, the pragmatist is planning, and the activist is going through an experience. So this is sort of they're sort of they're quite deeply connected. When I hear you talk like that, I can't remember. I mean, there is a survey somewhere out there on the internet, right? Mm. And I, I must have done this God, many, many years ago. But when I hear you talk like that, I can see myself as the strongest and the least strong. And for me, the strongest is definitely reflector. So when I read something, I love to stop and I write notes about what I read. And then I love to stop and then write notes about how does this land with me and how is it, how is it relevant to me and what does it mean for me and... Um, so really applying it to myself and really reflecting on what I have been reading and the least actually is probably theorist so probably going through just learning for learning's sake just reading a, uh, a book or listening to a podcast purely for you know it is interesting that that doesn't work for me there needs to be some kind of applicability I think there needs to be some kind of relevance to what I'm, what what I might use this for. Yeah. And to that point, um, so I give you an example. I uh, on Monday night I I went to a yoga class. So I tend to, so I'm over in London for a couple of weeks every year in January, and we do some of our work here. And then I go to see uh, some of the teachers I have in one of the yoga studios in London, and my. My, my reason, my motivation for doing it, apart from the fact it's nice to practice, is to be inspired and to learn from others. So I go there and I have a dual purpose. So I'm both in it, but I'm also making mental notes, thinking, how does this work if I teach, when I teach? So I'm obviously not copying somebody else's session because it's or, or somebody else's practice because that doesn't work. I've, I've found out. I've, pr- I've tried that a long time ago. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't work. But how does this fit into what I teach? And afterwards, I make some reflections and some notes. Oh, here are some pieces. Very good reminders. Very good sources of inspiration. And then I use it immediately. So I have my session. My my class for next week is planned now yeah. because of that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I also am very pragmatic yeah. Uh, yeah. when I learn something. But I do become a bit obsessed. So when you say that about the theories, I would say if I have a topic that I'm interested in, I will probably go pretty deep, yeah. which you would say is a theorist perspective, theorist way of learning. Yeah. Yeah. So how is how is this relevant to, you know, anybody who chose to turn on the podcast today? Well, um, I think it's quite helpful to reflect a little bit. I would say that, being a reflector, to reflect a little bit for people on what their um, learning style might be and what that might mean for how they learn. What we haven't actually talked about, this might be interesting, is how do you actually learn? How do you read? Or how do you listen? Or how do you watch? I mean, we, we, we've been experimenting with quite a lot of different ways of learning new stuff, right? Um, so... If you think about, so we, we do read a hell of a lot. So reading, um, but what I mean by reading is actually having a physical book in your hands or perhaps reading an article on, on, a, on a website or whatever. Then you and I both have experienced or experimented with listening to books to more or less success, right? So we've had conversations about retention and that it's probably 
more difficult to retain content when you're listening uh, because you're often doing other things as well. So you might not be um, completely focused. Um, we've been listening to you a lot longer than me, but podcasts, podcasts have been a very important part of our uh, learning, especially for me the last six months probably, but for you it's been for years. So, and then video, watching videos online. And so there's so many different ways we can learn. Um, what do people like? So for me, what is relevant here is to for people to experiment a little bit with different ways of learning. And then also, when you are learning, how do you actually learn? So when you, for example, let's take a podcast. How do you listen to a podcast? I have two different ways and I'm quite intentional. So if I'm in it because I want to learn and remember and be able to use, I know I need to sit with a pen. Mm. Whereas if I'm doing it because this is interesting, it's, it's kind of enjoyment and curiosity, just listening to something that is relevant, but not necessarily... I don't necessarily have to remember it or do anything with it. Mm. Then I can be on a walk and just have it more as a mm. Mm, distract, not a distraction, but it's a, it's a different activity. Yeah. I have a different mind frame, I suppose. Yeah. And for me, I don't, I perhaps used to do that. The second one, I don't do that anymore. So all my podcasts will be very structured. So I listen, I stop. I sometimes rewind, especially some of the stuff that we've been listening to recently. It's quite complicated stuff, right? Daniel Smachtenberger stuff and so on. So you you uh, you do need to sometimes stop and, and, and rewind and listen to it again. And I make a lot of notes. Uh, I go through my notes again. I do writing around it then. So there's quite a lot of different steps before it's actually become internalized and I know what I'm talking about. And that's for me... I've, I find that is the reason why I listen to podcasts. Um, and it's the same with, with reading, uh, you know, nonfiction. Um, if it's not important, then I probably will stop reading the book quite quickly. So, and when it is important, I'll read it properly. And sometimes even, as you know, there's several books of last year that I have reread the entire book again and underline and make notes and write-up summaries. It's a quite a lot. It's quite a structured process for me. I think another part of learning. You're talking about a lot about the introvert's preference on learning. You know, reading, writing notes, listening, being on your own, internalizing. Mm. Mm. But obviously, dialogue and sharing yeah. and having a discussion and comparing notes and listen to other people how they uh, interpreted something. That is for me really interesting. I do this a lot with my sister and brother-in-law. Um, yeah. I don't know if they learn. I learn. <laughs> yeah. um, but just to compare notes and and perhaps challenge, be challenged and challenge yeah. a little bit just to see, okay, how does this, yeah. can I actually say this in my own words or yeah. is it still just a theory? So, question for you. Yeah. What have you learned today? Uh, that is quite relaxing to sit in a professional podcasting studio i forgot that we were here it feels like normal uh you're a bit further away than normal but apart from that it's pretty relaxing what about you so i'm probably the only one who hasn't watched the crown until now <laughs> <laughs> so i'm learning new things about london and london history and the royal family uh. and i think it was today i can't remember now it might have been yesterday actually i learned about the smog the london smog yeah I had an idea, 
but now I actually learned that piece of history. So that's just yeah. knowledge, nothing else. Mm. But I was going to mention one more thing, the importance of motivation in learning. And we, may, we might have touched on it. Uh, that So I, it, it comes, you can clearly hear that if I'm not... If there's not a very good reason for me to learn something, I just get I lose interest very, very quickly. So you need to, and that's probably a tip for for listeners to this podcast as well. It's like think carefully about your motivation for learning. Um, how in, how important is being motivated to learn before you learn, and be be quite deliberate about it. So if you have a certain, so let me take my example of learning trying to learn Spanish in the last three years. It's just there's not enough reason for me to really take it seriously. So I'm not, I mean, I've learned Spanish quite a bit, but I'm not fluent because the, the, it's not strong enough reason to learn Spanish because I don't need it, right? I don't really need it. And the moment I will need, really need Spanish, then all of a sudden I know I will learn it much quicker. So... Any parting words from you, Pia, on this? Well, this was quite nice. I feel warmed up now <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for the rest of the afternoon. So thank you all of you for, for being with us yeah. on this very first experience, which is a big learning experience, of course. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs>